It's strange team up day here on Overdue Rentals, even though it's always strange team up day. But today's yeah. a quite an odd one because we've got two rival children's entertainers trying to make one hell of a party in String V Spitta. And then we've got a cop and a robber making one hell of a discovery in Inside Man. Both of those things will be discussed with Kyle Smith-Bino, our guest on Overdue Rentals. Welcome in. Welcome back to Overdue Rentals, everybody. The show where we talk about films that, for some reason, just don't kind of get that that same feeling they once had, that heart-pumping feeling that had the public talking about it day and night. I'm Matthew Shuckman. And I'm Cinema Blends Mike Reyes. And folks, uh, once again, we are digging a film out of the vault. It's actually, well, actually, it wasn't in the vault. It was hiding in the closet <laughs> behind some boxes. It was hiding in a space that somebody should have realized. Yeah. Uh, well, as you can tell, uh, we're going to be talking about Spike Lee's uh, 2006 film, 2006 yep. film Inside Man. Uh, which frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I agree with, and I'm still surprised that this is an, an overdue rental, but what I'm not surprised by is the fact that Kyle Smith-Bino is our guest and Kyle Smith-Bino is an amazing conversationalist. I mean, you kind of have to be when you are on a show like the original UK version of ghosts or someone that helps originate a show like string V Spitta, which I am still very jealous that people in Edinburgh are going to get to see that. People in the West End are going to get to see that. And we here, us Yanks, don't have it. Well, look, people in the West End saw it a long time ago because it was at the Soho Theater, you know, back in 2021 into 2022. Oh, sure. This is the revival, technically, uh, because as you'll hear, they are officially making, they're, they're working on a TV pilot for it. So there is going to be a TV version uh, that we'll be able to get to see. Um, but, you know, look, I'm not going to waste any time because... I think everybody's got to come in and hear what Kyle has to say, but I will say I'm going to warn people straight from the get-go since he recently wrapped his, his series of Taskmaster was the last UK series of Taskmaster to air so far. Cause we're waiting for series 16 to start. I couldn't help, but I couldn't help to start talking to him about it. Uh, and uh, you know, there's so the man's done so many great things. There's so much to talk to Kyle about. Kyle, let's get him into the store and, uh, and, and get chatting. Enough about us. Let's talk about him. Kyle Smith Bino. Welcome to overdue rentals. Hello. Oh, there we go. Hi. So sorry, guys. I had some technicals. No, ah, not no worries. No worries at all. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's the most important thing. It's a thrill to have you here. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Busy, busy, juggling. Yeah. It's, look, <laughs> I can tell. I mean, look, I don't have to even see what's going on in your life to probably know that, but. Once you go start looking at all the stuff you're doing every day to day, it's just like, I don't know how this man has time to breathe. <laughs> I have to fit it in. I have to remember. I have to put it in my phone. <laughs> breathe. Oh. There's an alarm. Breathe. Yeah. Every five seconds. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to connect. Actually, does this sound all right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I don't need to, I don't need to plug in a microphone or anything like that. No, I, I, it's funny. I was I, I wasn't thinking about it, but now you say that we've had two people, including you, <laughs> that have that weren't sure how they sounded, but they've the best sounding people we have. The other one was Huge Davies. Oh, sounded right. perfect. He's always worried about how he sounds. I saw him on an escalator. He was going, and I was going down. Hey man, how you been? Like, how do I sound? How do I sound? <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Look, Kyle. You know we have so much to talk about, and I don't mean yes. to probably bring it up again for the amount of people who probably bring it up to you all the time. But since we're not that far removed from the end of your series of Taskmaster, I do have to ask a few things about it. Yes, please do. 
for fa- for fans, whether they are fans who appear on it or just fans as they watch it, I think everybody now expects that you go in with a certain level of understanding where you're like, I just want to be a comedic presence. I'm actually competitive and I want to win this thing. Based mm-hmm. on what you entered it as in your own mind, did it always stay that same level the entire way through? Did it change? What was like your 100%. perception of how you wanted to come across? From when I from when I received the email, I was like, I want to win. It was never it was never about the taking part. Um, I yeah up until up until that moment that um, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. I mean, it's been out for ages. But up until that moment where um, where May brought out the puppet, I still thought I would win. Yeah, you had a chance. You definitely had a chance. Yeah. Um, but uh, I squandered it. <laughs> well, I I don't think you squandered it as much as look again. The producers they're gonna have to they're gonna have to cut it in a certain way where it seems like all of a sudden in the middle Kyle's not doing as well because he had a really strong few first few episodes where he scored high on everything and then there was you know since we edited it this way the test where we knew he wasn't gonna get a high score kind of appeared here so on and so forth but mm-hmm. did you like start you can like again there are scenes in the show where you can tell it's like you know like you're pissed off with the way Greg's scoring something and you you want to fight it. about it but furious. Do you get furious from people approaching you saying their thoughts on the same the same ideas, whether it's one way or the other for you or another contestant? Not not now, but whilst it was going out, when people were tweeting me afterwards, like, um, why didn't you just put the hose in the glass? That that sort of thing was really pissing me off. Well, like, why didn't you just put the hose in the glass? <laughs> well, but in the moment, though, like let's say when you're filming one of the tests, are there parts mm-hmm. of you that do get annoyed because you're like you can't like you turn the corner and the extra pineapples are there? Sure, yeah, yeah, you yeah. get you get kind of pissed off, but is there part of you at the same time in the moment, the back of your mind, going, "Well, this will be funny when they air it." No, no, okay. there was not. There, there was no um, thought forward to the future about how this would look on television, <laughs> which is why I think there's such a heavy con- contrast between like my glee in the whilst i'm doing the tasks and and my fury when they play them back um and then i sort of remember what happened but also like there were a lot of times where they'd finish rolling the vt and i'll be like what the hell was i doing that makes no sense why would it why would it even be and do that so there was a lot of that but um yeah mostly throughout the throughout the actual um act of doing the task i was sort of like having a great time until um yeah, until I and also I was constantly like counting the scores in my head because <laughs> I really wanted to win. I was like, right, okay, so if I get I get nine more, then I would win this episode, and that means it was a lot of that. This is a statement more than a question, too, because I'll tell you a part where I got really annoyed. This is not with the show. This is with uh, Ed and and the Taskmaster podcast, really. Uh, because yeah, you scored. You scored. I think it was four points on the uh, the prize test for the most fun thing to, to have in the bathroom. But I turn the podcast on and I hear Ed just like go immediately is like, how can nobody give five points to May's toothpaste roulette wheel? But I'm like, Ed, it's supposed to be fun. Possibly brushing your teeth with mayonnaise to me is not fun. And he goes on this whole rant about how people he can't understand people that can't see anything other than how he sees it. And I'm like, this must be what you experience almost every day. Like people just throwing this kind of stuff at you and i'm like no no 
certain things were right and that was right. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, a lot of that. I mean, it's a re- it's a great show for that reason. Um, but some people are just like, ah, oh, it's a bit of fun, it's entertainment. But some people are like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and um, I think you know which side I fall on. <laughs> exactly. I just need to grab a um, charger. Sure, because sure. Because in my hurry, I didn't do that. So give me 30 seconds. Probably do a family feud of podcast like hiccups, and one of them probably be someone forgot a charger. That would definitely be like, I, I, I know I've done it before. Our notebook. My big thing is the notebook. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you do, you do leave the notebook. Yes, yeah. I know our guest can still hear us. I'm vamping and being, I'm trying to keep the room going because I'm trying to keep Thank my you for keeping the room going. Thank you for keeping the room going. Someone's got to. Exactly. It's not going to be me, obviously. Not my phone. Not my phone. That would have been a copyright strike right there because my alarm just went off and it's uh, the theme from Casino Royale. The Chris Cornell oh. one, not, not the Herb Albert one, although I love them both. Oh, I mean... My alarm is just whatever's day. pre-programmed in the phone. Like I don't care. Like I, I don't have lock screens. I know everybody's freaks out about which lock screen. I have nothing. I don't care. You have nothing. Well, I have whatever is whatever is the phone is. The you know, default. It's purple background or whatever it is. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. Yes. Let's let's. Well, look, I mean, when I that's on that Matthew. When I when I open my phone, it's a picture of me and and uh, former New York Jet center Nick Mangold. And that's good enough, you know. I don't have to. I don't have to look at it when I'm not opening, unlocking my phone. Once it's unlocked, I can look at it, and I'm good. I'm good from there. Hmm. Now, Kyle, what do you think this says about Matthew as as a person and as a host? Um, it makes me think of Heat, uh, where I think the quote is, um, no. "Don't, don't uh, have anything you can't drop the I second the heat comes around the corner." Oh, you beauty, you. <laughs> I guess I'm not cool. What can I say? But um, there is, uh, Matthew was actually texting me earlier. He's like, sorry, I'm talking about Taskmaster so much. And I'm sitting here thinking there's no problem. We've had both hosts on here before, and Taskmaster is cool and popular. Yeah. And something that's come up between the two of us before, and I'm very curious what you would think about this, Kyle. Uh, yeah, Kyle, yeah. I'm pronouncing this correctly, right? You are, yeah, yeah. Kyle. Um the U.S. one, I think, is one of the only versions that didn't really take. And I'm curious what yeah. you think is the one of the reasons why that just never happened. Interesting. I don't really know. I don't. I don't know enough about us. I think. Um, I know that Reggie Watts. Yep. Was ah. involved, um, and I actually met him recently doing the horn section. Um, oh, you're going to be on the next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, um, I, I made up with Alex, and I agreed to be on the horn section. <laughs> you heard it here I, first, folks. And I, I made up with Alex for money, and um, yeah, I met Reggie then. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I really don't know. I mean, some there are some shows that American, the American version has done really well. Um, some quite obvious ones, but there are some absolute shockers and one example is something that i saw very recently which was the american the chase oh okay. and let me tell you something i hate it Oof. <laughs> go it off stinks. it's um it really annoyed me it annoyed me way too much actually um considering that i don't really care about the chase in general um the board is so big 
The board is like, the board's bigger than my school, my primary school. <laughs> and also that bit where they cut back, cut to the chasers in the, um, in the room talking about how the team were doing, like, like commentary, like sort of match of the day or something. I hate that. And it's that damn hour long format. It's like some game shows don't need to be an hour long, or at least with some of the ones that we run here, like $100,000 Pyramid, it's two episodes bundled into an hour. Well, right. Like, no filler. That that being said, you know, I'm not going to go into all of it, but one of the big failures of the U.S. Taskmaster was that it was a half an hour long. Oh, really? Yeah, it was only a half hour, and I'm like, they're trying to sh jam everything in there, and it's just like, it's not going to work. I also, look, I, 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 I didn't say this to Alex when we spoke to him, and I may in the future, if we speak to him again, and this is not anything. This is not uh, anything against him, but I think probably Americans don't understand his humor that much, sure. even especially to the point. Like I remember the first time I saw him. I don't remember where it was. It was probably on you know eight out of ten cast this countdown or something like that. Right. Um, you know, like I got it and I thought it was funny, but it actually wasn't until Taskmaster that I fully get Alex. I think. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Matt, he's hard to get. Matt, you just want to make up with him for money. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's a he's, hard man to get. He's um, he's, it's a specific sense of humor. And I, I, it took me this until the second time to get it. <laughs> we speak about it all the time too, because my even though luckily, I mean, I know they're working on another version of Peep Show now, but my big gripe, luckily, never made it to air, was the fact that I've seen some of the pilots they tried to make for the U.S. version of Peep Show and the U.S. Mm. US version of the IT crowd, and they are so awful. Right, yeah. I'm so glad they never made it to air and that we have, you know, the original still going <clears throat> strong. But to your point, I mean, Ghosts, the American version, now seems to be the next, you know, the next office where it's actually succeeding yeah. in the American market uh, for what yeah, they yeah. do. Is, do you yeah, see any, like, pull, do you see any, like, comeback from that being now that's popular in the U.S., you get even more notice from your version? And also, will um, you be getting any residuals from CBS airing it this fall? <laughs> What, the American one? No, they're airing the British one this fall. Oh, yes. No, we have been told about that. You know, there's so many... With this show, um, there's been so many things that we have been told and then been told not that we're not allowed to talk about. Oh. And then constantly, those are the questions that we get asked. Um, <laughs> like, for example, we knew, we knew that the show was finishing two years ago. Um, because we... We were told by the the creators that we were going to do two more series, and that would be it. Mm. Huh. So we knew that from twenty twenty one, and then had to keep that quiet until it was announced like four months ago. Or something like that. Also, with uh, the, well, well I'll, I won't I won't spoil it completely for anyone who hasn't caught up yet. But for the ghost that moves on, um, we had we knew that that was coming, and then from January. And then we it wasn't out until September. So there's been so many secrets and different parts that I forget that what we're allowed to say and what we're not. I mean, even especially with Taskmaster. Once I got the um I got asked to do Taskmaster in January and then it was announced in December. Like after we filmed it all. Yeah. So there's a lot of like secrets. So then when you just mentioned CBS and I was like, I might is that something I can say? But um <laughs> I would guess so that was you know that from an article or something like that. So yes. Yes, I'll be getting loads and loads of money from it. <laughs> I'll be getting gazillion. No, it's um 
uh it's quite pathetic how much money we we get from royalties actually um and i know that that's sort of like quite topical at the moment because that's where uh the some of the strike some of the reasons for people for striking um but yeah it's um it's it's not gonna buy me a um a ghost-like mansion depends on where you go actually if we probably went to certain countries we probably could uh, very cheaply get ourselves a, a real ghost mansion oh okay but then there'd be vampires in it. Oh. Right, sure. Well, because all the ghost I'll, mansions I'll, right now I'll are take just... that. <laughs> right, there. right, right. I do. I'll take the vamps. I do got to say, I love the fact that I mean, look, you're 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 everywhere. It's not just you know certain things, but like, it's come so much. You're in so many things that I don't even realize it at times. And granted, it's not your face, it's your voice, but I didn't realize even until a week ago that you had an episode of "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared." Right, so didn't, yeah, it didn't yeah. sound like you. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um I played Saturday David. Yep. Um, which that was really fun. That was really fun. I um, I have to admit, I don't, I, I didn't know much about Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared before I did it. I knew that it was like a big thing, and it was uh, it was like a favorite amongst comedians. Um, and and also like a bit a bit of a cult classic. Yeah. But I didn't know really what it was exactly but i was just happy to be a part of the team because there were so many people that i liked that were all so involved um and then went and did it and i had a really good time really fun and i've got the um they sent me a poster i've got a poster here somewhere <laughs> i was one of those people who's obsessed with the original youtube videos that like when they right. announced the finally coming out i'm like i got so happy but on to more important things because you have your revival of string versus spitter or Vespa, yes. however you want to put it. Yeah. Um, and now, not only you're just you're wrapping up your 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 Soho theater run, but you're bringing it over to Edinburgh. Is it something where the new revival in Soho was preparing to then present it in Edinburgh, or is it just we can do it? It's selling good. I love doing it, so we're bringing it back. Um, literally that we we really love doing it, and we're working on the TV script at the moment. So we are, it's been, the last time we did it was April, 2021. So no, sorry, April, 2022. So it's okay. a long, long time to be away from those characters whilst we're also writing those characters that we've been, we've been performing it live for so long. And now we're actually sitting down to write it. We haven't performed it live in, in ages. So we wanted to do it again. We also love doing it. We want um, more people to see it. Um, we did it in, a relatively small room i think it's 140 um and we've still got a lot of friends and um colleagues who are like oh we've got it we, we really want to see it when is it coming back so we had a small opportunity in a time that we were both free to be able to bring it back and also do it so it makes sense that we're building up for something else um because edinburgh is quite a, a much bigger room actually okay. um so yeah we it all worked out in the right way and we um we've done two shows already this run um and tonight is our third night last night we had a um basically we've, we've managed to create a show where nothing can go wrong <laughs> like anything that happens we can we can put it into the show and people quite often afterwards are going i love that bit where you know, the um the keyboard fell down and we're like yeah that was that wasn't that wasn't part of the show. The keyboard. We had a, a performance where the keyboard stand broke, oh my God. and the keyboard dropped, 
and it, that really happened and we had to just sort of deal with it but everyone thinks because of the way that we sort of come on the stage we make it seem as if everything is meant to happen but last night the bubble machine that we use was pointed directly at the keyboard and it had been on from maybe like 15 minutes before the show starts and around about the 20 minute mark ed has to play this song which is like very complex and quite fast and he couldn't play it because it was covered in bubbles and his hands were just slipping all over the keys this is automatically now they'll go into like the the script for the tv version it's like well we can just add it in yeah yeah well yeah there's all those ideas that we add to the like to the, the show bible like yeah we've got to get out somewhere um but he he literally couldn't he had to stop the song midway and he was like i i need to wipe the keyboard <laughs> Because and and obviously the sound of wiping the keyboard, people would be like, "What the hell is that?" So he had to like announce what he was doing before <laughs> he did it. Um, so those sort of things. But luckily, we've created a, a an atmosphere where anything can happen and we can we can deal with it. See, reading the synopsis for the show just makes me miss this scene because I've I've gone to England a couple times, and the mm. the one time that I really got to enjoy the theater was when I was studying abroad like decades ago. And one of our classes, they would take us to a new play like every week. And it was everything right. from like national theater to pub theater. And, you know, you really get to broaden your horizons with that sort of stuff. So when I'm reading that this is about a kid's birthday party and two musicians like working together despite their their best judgments, so to speak, I'm just like, I, I, I want to go see this. Where is it playing? And then it's like Edinburgh. It's like, I'm not in Edinburgh. Yeah. And then it just kind of comes crashing down. <laughs> yeah we'd love to take it elsewhere we'd love to go overseas with it we i mean to be honest we are actually going to greece with it in summer um nice. I, I said in summer in um we're, we're doing one performance at a private members club in greece Ooh. um so i don't nobody knows how that will go we'll see what happens but um yeah we'd love to go overseas with it and i think it's quite universal it's just like a story about two guys from opposite sides of the tracks that do the same job and both and they and they want to be better than one wants to be better than the other they both want to be better than each other um and i think that that is really easily adaptable yeah yeah, yeah it's, where, a con it's a concept with legs yeah <laughs> where does the, where does it all start off though it was like this was the two of you sitting around it's like oh this will be funny or is it something where like you're going like man i wish i could be a grime star but uh, you, your career is going in one way direction so already. You're like, how can I fit this in? And then you, you talk to Ed and you're like, well, this would be a good idea. Um, well, it comes from the fact that both of us did children's entertainment in our uh, journeys to, to being actors um, from out of drama school or out of university into uh, a career in, in comedy. Um, we were both children's entertainment trainers at some point. We also are both musical um Ed's always played instruments, and I was a grime MC before I was acting full time. I was still putting out songs, and and I was a grime MC. So, um, it was trying to find something that uh, where we could merge our musical talents, but also in a world that we knew about, because that's what they say is you say they say write what you know, and we know that like kids parties, this happens and this happens and um your relationship with the parents is important but also your relationship with the, with the 
the kids whilst you're on stage and the organization and what happens if you have a wardrobe malfunction with uh, or, or kids keep pulling the tail on your costume or like all of those things or um children's entertainment companies getting into copyright issues because they've copied a, a character so maybe you might have to change shrek to shriek the ogre or you know all of those sort of little things that we picked up along the way um are what we found humor in so we thought yeah there's definitely something in there it's a rich world of opportunity for comedy and for music so you know as much as we'd like to talk about it more you know for the whole day if we could you know we only, <laughs> we only have you for a certain amount of time so here in overdue rentals though we also do like to talk about films that for some reason people are not kind of talking about as much as they once did hey. and i want you to tell us a little bit about your relationship with inside man um i think inside man is one of the best films ever i i really i love it and i th- i feel like it should be spoken about like people speak about goodfellas or something like that i i think it's like it's good it's funny it's tense it's um well acted it's well cast it looks good it's yeah yeah really clever um and it's just such a good idea and yeah i i um i really love it and i feel like i mean i'm a a huge denzel fan anyway and actually my favorite film is man on fire but i feel like i talk about that too much (laughs) <laughs> oh, we were supposed to have a guest for Man on... Well, we still have a guest lined up, I believe, for Man on Fire. And it's right. funny you mentioned that because we both watched it again recently and it's like, yeah, it still, yeah. it still kills. And now 20 years later, you've got him reuniting with Dakota Fanning for Equalizer 3, which is going to be a head trip and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, that is my number one film. Um, and yeah, I, but I also love... Um, that sort of that whole era where he was doing like a film a year, and I'm putting oh, out yeah. really good stuff. It wasn't just like there trash. Was this, I mean, there was Out of Time. There was Man yeah, on Fire. Deja Vu. Um, yeah. Oh, Deja. Oh, I want to do a Deja Vu episode so bad. Yeah, like some really, really good films. So, um, yeah, I Inside Man, I, I, I loved, and I, um, it is also one of those films that here in the UK, when, when you're flicking through channels. You're bound to find it mm. somewhere on a Saturday night. Um, oh! And you sort of just like, you put it on and wherever it is, wherever it started from, you just carry on watching. Yep. I've heard um, that called, uh, someone called it a remote drop movie. And somebody, right, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. dug up that clip of Christopher Nolan saying that Talladega Nights is one of his. Okay. Yeah, remote drop movie. That's good. Yeah. De- um, John Q. That's another oh yeah well it's it's funny you're bringing up you know because we're talking about all the denzel films but like because i what i think is interesting about inside man i'm very bad at articulating this but it's always been a thought of mine is like it was the official marker where spike lee like went a little bit outside of making traditional spike lee films and and doing so working with you know his, his consummate uh you know uh player in denzel having denzel do a little bit more of his more popular type work in a Spike Lee movie, again, not to say that him and Spike Lee movies are not popular. To me, again, to me, Malcolm X is the greatest biopic ever made, uh, yeah. and I think Denzel's best performance ever. So, bar none, you can't beat it. But there's, there's like, it's more middle of nowhere. They know only big blockbuster Denzel, and you know, stage, you know, the fences Denzel, 
and this was bringing that into this was bringing that you know very popular version of him into a world that Spike Lee was starting to branch himself out into as well. Well, this is like a Spike yeah. Lee blockbuster when you think about it. Like this yeah. is probably yeah, one yeah. of the most accessible mainstream movies, but it never loses his style or his voice. Yeah, yeah, for real. And that that pairing of um, of Denzel and Chiwetel Ejiofor as well, I think is is so brilliant. And we um we've we've got to see it a little bit in other films like American Gangster and um there's another one. There is it's another one, one that I can't remember. There's one of those cases where you, you know it and you try to think about it, you can't you can't you can't recall yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, that that pairing which is so brilliant and also like even the um the the, the smaller characters that are around the um the main story and and Jodie Foster's performance is also incredible. Christopher Plummer, um, well, love so everyone in this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I just yeah I really love it and I think um yeah I just find it weird that it's not spoken about that much. It sort of disappeared and people and when you say Inside Man something sometimes I guess people are like which one's that <laughs> oh the yeah well the bank one where yeah 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 I've seen it yeah. And it's not immediately like one that you're like, oh yeah, of course. I will tell um, you my. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, you first. Well, I, was, I will go into. I'll tell you my two. Well, my main gripe and my small gripe though with the film. And my main gripe, and again, I, I maybe I'm that person who gets a little too into it and is like, just sit back, relax, and forget about it. But like, as being somebody who worked in retail spots, offices, you know, where you're going into storage closets all the time no matter how minimal that change was, I would walk into that room as a bank employee and go, this room is smaller somehow. <laughs> like, there's no way <laughs> something did not happen in here because I come in here every day to grab my toweling and the papers and something happened here. <laughs> that's my main But then how would, you, how would you explain it? I, that's the thing. I, I would imagine, though, with the same breath, they go like, well, that, that's how I feel, but I'm not going to bring it up to anybody. So it's still, they still yeah. get away with it, but... Somebody has to think about it. Yeah, hey guys, yeah, yeah, Cl yeah. Clive Owen built a room in our closet. Are we really going to question? Is someone going to say something about this? Or are we just going to let this happen? I mean, I know it's Clive Owen. Don't get me wrong, but I'm afraid I'm going to go in there and talk him, talk his ear off about children of men or or, or closer. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Well, I mean, that might be a specific thing, but I don't think that I'm observant enough for that, <laughs> especially if I'm at work. I'd be like, I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in what I'm doing anyway. And yeah. on top of that, I'm, I'm thinking about the dimensions of the room. <laughs> I think I'd just be like, oh, that was different. Like, is this going to get oh, in the well. way of my 2 p.m. like bitch session? No, yeah. good. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Save me some money. Well, it would, it would get in the way of my bitch session, which is bitch chest. I can't even say bitch session, <laughs> which is um, my small, my smaller gripe, which is very stupid, but. I noticed it last night rewatching the film is like because he has that speech at the beginning and they replayed it at the end where he goes like the how the when the why, and his when is saying was like and that's the when which is him saying it happened recently. I'm like, come on, man, you could come up with a better dialogue than that. It's like recently is the when, but that's very stupid and I'm getting very uh, complainy for no reason. <laughs> You're allowed to. That's okay, man. <laughs> I can't think of what I want to know is how people would actually like if he gets that jet then what mm. like 
you fly off in a jet. What, you think that no one's going to follow you? Or what? What's going on? Well, I mean, I, you know, I guess in the plane, he's still in the room and his 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 crew's still like part of the, the, the arrested group of, quote unquote, we don't know if they're uh, yeah. hostages or, or robbers and they just go to an island somewhere and then then get arrested. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, dude. Like, you got to go somewhere without an extradition treaty. Right. All right. Oh, I well, see. That's well. the plan. That's the plan. But then, what? Do they, do they take the hostages with him? Yeah, I mean, I get the plan. The plan, I think, is always he's going to stay in the bank. I get right. Like he's yeah, never yeah, going to leave except for leaving the bank. So the question that being is, like, I mean, how long would he have to wait before his friends can come get him? <laughs> right. Sure. But in a different version. In if, a, yeah. If if according to what he said that he wanted. What's the plan? You get you get in a jet and you go to okay, so you go to somewhere without extradition, and then what? They've got they've got a way to try and get the the papers to be able to come and get you, or what? What what happens? We'll have to we'll have to get some government officials on as guests to find out because I Please. I would have no idea. If I knew. It was never covered in the direct video sequel. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, have maybe it's say- on the DVD. It is. We should check it out, right? We none yeah. of us decided to do that. We're just like, ah, we'll just we'll th- we'll think about it and not even see if there's an answer out there. <laughs> yeah, Inside Man, most wanted, and it's like, cool. You got the original screenwriter back, and it's just new stuff. Yeah. I could have sworn, I would have, I would have paid money to say that Nina Gold casted this movie because she does she does a lot of HBO's casting. Because I'm like, there's no way that you get three the wire players in this because you have james ranson you have peter garrity and then i didn't realize this until rewatching it and it's only like a flash it's only into the beginning but very quickly if you look when they're getting uh undressed the hostages are getting undressed and putting on their jumpsuits they have the guy who plays officer walker from season four in there as well but now she had nothing to do oh, with right. it but i i think it's funny i don't know maybe somebody's like it just happened to be they all got cast together but or maybe spike's like i love this let's get some of these guys in here yeah i just, yeah. Always, I just always found it funny Mm. I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, it's just like how L.A. Noir has so many Mad Men cast members in it. What what, what does L.A. Noir? L.A. Noir was a, a video game a couple years ago where it's 1940s Detective Noir, and right. Rockstar, the the Grand Theft Auto studio, did it, and they had like so many. Like I think Elizabeth Moss is even in there. They have, like, oh a wow! Couple, very very good game if you like L.A. Confidential mm. or or right, stuff right, like right. that, but you want to actually mm. play it as a game. But okay. yeah, there's just those sort of eras where it's like either it's like Law and Order where all the like Broadway actors get cast on there or it's either geographical region, just people swim in the same circles and they make connections. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's how John Barenthal got on the bear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know it was in that either. <clears throat> oh, he, damn it. He, I didn't mean to was, spoil that. He was nominated for, for an Emmy for that. I certainly hope so. There's there's a lot of Emmys that should come out of that. I I still need to finish season two, but because I'm still well, I mean, season, he was nominated for an Emmy for that series season one. Oh right. By the way, I I love the term series instead of season. Can I just say that I like series one, series two. I got used to that Yay. first as a Doctor Who fan. Right. Then, I like calling it that instead because it's like you could technically call them like their own series of episodes or like a mini series. Oh. Hey, yeah, yeah. A season, it's like you're spanning two different seasons on the calendar if you're running in a certain Yeah, tour. yeah, yeah. Like you could still call it a season if you're going back to the the early aughts where it was running from January to May. 
but sure. typically you're spanning two different this is i don't know where this is coming from i inside man is a is a film for all seasons <laughs> put it on the box i know they, they may not still print it anymore but still yeah well inside man you know again going back to talking about spike lee still having his stamp on because kyle mike and i were talking because we, we i had to go see the meg 2 last night so i can do the review for it mm-hmm. and you know i'm a big ben wheatley fanatic and i'm mm-hmm. like is Am I going to see signs of Ben Wheatley in this? Probably not, but we'll see what happens. But Spike is that guy. It's like, even if you didn't know, you'll see certain things and you're like, well, that's definitely Spike, whether it be, you know, people kind of looking over the barrel of the camera or uh, he loves putting his actors on the dolly and moving the, you know, moving them as they're gliding through yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the scene. I'm like, you can still see Spike here no matter what, which is also always great for people who can do that. They can come in and make their blockbuster movie, but still say, I'm here. Yeah. yeah 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 and it's 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 really it's nice to have those things and recognize them i mean even if you're not a person who like checks out who's directed something before you go and watch it if or even if you're just flicking through and you're like oh i haven't seen this I'm, i remember people talking about this i haven't seen this without going who directed it and then you see something and you're like i know who this is <laughs> yeah and like say with performances or even music like i i again this is i had to go see gran turismo last night and i'm listening to the music for this movie i'm like wait a minute is this a composer that i i know this is a composer i'm familiar with and then sure enough right. at the end they reveal it it's like yep i knew that was them right like, sure as a fan or even just as a casual observer you if you have those sorts of critical skills you can always pick out like oh wait that's a spike lee movie mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah, I really like that. And I, I just sort of wonder what what my thing is. If I have a thing. You know, like, um, I, I say this about Jamie Dimitri. I, I feel like he's got his own style of acting. And I, I don't think I've seen it before. I feel like he's created his own new style of acting. Hmm. And um, whether it's Staff or it's, um, the Eurovision film or the Barbie movie or whatever, like whatever he's in, he's he has that it's he's playing different characters clearly uh and it's and it's, the characters are not the same at all but there is a style of acting that is like very him yeah well it's it's almost like it's that that it's not new uh but it seems to be a lot larger now where there are certain personalities that kind of have that like awkward twinge to their personality that comes through yeah and that's that's kind of like what he's what he's kind of putting out there yeah 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 yeah, for real. I'm a I'm a normal person. I, I you know if I talk to me, this may be how you talk to me. But now there's a lot going on here when you pull pull away the curtain. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And it seems it seems in the face that there's nothing going on, but there's actually loads. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, we're gonna have to let you go in a few seconds. So to uh to wrap things up, you know, so Inside Man is it just like you're saying? You know, it's something you don't feel people are talking about as much, and you. Do you yeah. constantly find yourself bringing it up to people, though, and the fact that you're like, oh yeah, definitely forcing them to sit down, like, watch this with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely I say it's in my my top ten. I don't really know what my top ten is, but it's definitely in my top ten. My, I, I always, yeah, I'm not always. I can tell you my top one and two always, no matter what. But then after that, it's a yeah. different changing every day. You know who knows? What is your one and two? My, uh, don't don't. Everybody likes to complain to me because my first one's a miniseries. I don't care. But okay. number one is the BBC uh, miniseries of The Singing Detective from 86. Okay. Uh, and number that. two is Network. 
Oh, great. And Children of Men is also honestly usually in there. But those are my those are my top two. All right. Mike? Oh, I, 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 I'm, I have an even harder time because I can never really get a one and two all the time. Oh, but really? if there's two movies that I constantly mention when I talk about favorite movies, they're the two movies that I grew up on and help shape my sense of humor. It's Airplane and the Muppet movie. Oh, great. Like the Muppet movie was what introduced me to Mel Brooks. I would constantly rewind his scene because I loved his like Nazi doctor shtick with, with Miss Piggy and just right. barrels in and just takes command of this movie yeah. and just, and that's after you have that scene with Steve Martin as the obnoxious waiter. And like in a right, movie right. full of cameos, he's the one that's just, he's the yeah. gold spike for me. And then airplane, oh, of course, being airplane. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about uh, Who Frames Roger, Roger Rabbit. Yes! That's another one! That Okay, yeah. okay. So that's another one I will constantly I will constantly bring up because that made me a noir fan. That was like, right, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. gateway for me. Yeah. There was, a really, there was a really cool thread on Twitter about the behind the scenes of Who Frames Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, we a, had a... It was recently someone, someone posted that. It's really interesting. That original ending is wild, and the fact that there was a Sting song written to go along with it is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the author writing his own sequels where it's like, okay, so maybe maybe the movie is canon, and we're just going to... We're going to move from that point. We're not going to... You can you can read my original book, but we're going to move from the movie. Yeah, yeah, the, book yeah, had, the yeah. book had nothing to do with it. It's, it's the, so different. We actually and, we had a we had a nice long conversation with David Howard Thornton. He, he plays Art the Clown in the Terrifier movies. He came on and wanted to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> right, yeah. It's just amazing how much Disney's kind of like put it off to the side. Like there were sequel ideas and really? there were other shorts. And for a while it was like big Disney sort of machinery behind it. And then just nothing. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, eventually they'll do something, but you know. Till then we'll have to wait and, uh, through through all the... I, I heard that there's a positive uh, move right now on the writer's strike that they're gonna they're gonna sit back down and they may have something for the writer's side of things. Yeah, so there's we'll like a meeting on Friday, I think. Although okay. I saw a funny tweet about that. They're like, Yeah, of course they would set a meeting for four o'clock on a Friday afternoon in the valley. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well guys, uh we're not gonna be ordering takeout here, so yeah. <laughs> So before before we go, to, can we make it official then, uh, Kyle, that your top two is Inside Man, followed by Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or do you want to throw something else in there? My top two is actually Man on Fire, and um, I think it probably is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, um, now for some I mean, reason, Sp I'm thinking... Space Jam is up there. Oh. Um, yeah. And I really find it mad that we haven't got more films like that. I mean, I guess we've got Ted, but films with um, animation mixed with live action uh, or, or more of it. Yeah. Um, because I think, like, even when they show, like, on that thread, it shows how they made, like, some of the Dufane Roger Rabbit um, uh, scene. Like, a sp like the one where the weasels come into the, um, into the bar looking for, for Roger. And um, Valiant's doing the, the washing up and he's underneath and look, showing the behind the scenes of that. And I'm like, this is so great and so clever. How come people aren't doing more of it? Um, I'd love to do something like that. And doing it right too, because yeah. there's, you can always tell with a performer 
if they know how to work with CGI and work with that sort of stuff. Like Brendan Fraser, someone I'll always swear knew how to do that because not only do they do the mummy, but Looney Tunes back in action. Another mm. one that I think that's, that's another one I threw on our list because that people don't talk about that enough. He is just so fluid when he's like, whether he's talking to bugs, just holding Daffy in his hand, like not everybody has <laughs> yeah. that skill. And he yeah. just, I think he's underrated for that. I I won't ruin it uh, if for those who haven't seen it, but there's a surprising use of it in the third, uh, for because it's a US one, I'll say third season, uh, of The Boys with uh, a mix of animation and, and a very, very, very violent mix of animation and live action with, with animated characters, like, you know, wildlife characters. But that being said, I think that means, Kyle, that you have to write an episode of String v Spitta that has has the mix. You're you're gonna you're gonna bring it back. You're gonna be the one to do it. I'm gonna bring it back, and then it's gonna bankrupt the whole company. <laughs> hey, well, come on. We sur- if we survive Cool World, we can survive anything. Do you know what? That should be the part of message. <laughs> Kyle. Thank, you. Thank you, Kyle, for joining Thank us. Thank you. Survive Cool World, you could survive anything. Come back anytime like literally yes. yeah yeah let's anytime. do it time yeah great. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get a, we'll get a whole slew of movies we'll talk about them whether it be new denzel or, or we'll go back to spinal tap we'll talk about that too yeah great take Ooh. it easy all right cool thanks guys have a great time tonight yes take care thanks but that oh it's so good it's so good to have great people all the time and great people who at one point i'm just like i'll probably never have the chance to talk to them and here we go Getting Kyle Smith Bino here. Thank you, Kyle, for your time. So and much. great people who, let's be honest, are worth getting uh, getting our American asses up early to talk to them because that that I mean that that's the only drawback is I know we'll we'll get British entertainers and it's like oh cool early morning call and it's like okay I I roll out of bed for a second and then it's like Ugh, okay and it's nothing against the guest it's just me being a, a lazy sun bear. But then I get my coffee, I get into the room, we spark up our personalities, and then the guest comes in, and then just, it's, it's something that never fails with this profession and this show. Like, even with interviews, it's just like, no matter what apprehensions you have beforehand, the moment things hit, the moment things start, it's just straight adrenaline. And then when you've got a good room like Kyle, it, it just... It runs so smoothly and it's over before you know it. And I was not even kidding. I hope we get Kyle back because yeah. that, that that there's just some people that you know they've got so many other choices and they just immediately want to come back. I mean, <laughs> we're never going to turn anyone away unless they seriously don't like us and there's a falling out and knock on wood, that has not happened. Or if they say some weird stuff to us and we're like, ah, we'll be nice about it then. But then like, ah. Yeah, but <laughs> I- it's just it's we like to make friends here and i'd like to think we make friends with kyle there well what's great about kyle too is that he's definitely a type of person who you know and i will say mainly at this point because of ghosts um you know even i think for people who maybe haven't even yet to see the the uk original version which will come into cbs soon um you know it's this idea that he has such a presence in the uk and maybe some other places of the world but he also has a larger enough presence here in the States through all the stuff that he does that he kind of kind of grabs attention back and forth that even if people are not ultimately sure they know him right from the get-go, they see him like, oh, I, I know Kyle. Hey, yeah, that's, that guy's funny. <laughs> that guy's good. 
And actually, if you want to get a leg up on the competition, uh, the original UK run of Ghosts is on Max right now for streaming. Yes. Not the, I mean, I think they only have, I I, I will be honest, I don't have, I don't have the service anymore, so I can't How tell. How many seasons my, did it run? Well, they're, they're, they, they basically had a fifth, which is kind of, like kind of wrapping up now. Oh, so, okay. It's, it says you're four seasons. So, so, so far, last I heard, it was three plus the Christmas special. So I didn't know if they even had four on there yet. Oh yeah, no, I, that, that that's what I'm. I was gonna, I was doing that because they're saying you know, Ghost will return for a fifth series in 2023. It may have already. Oh no, I don't even. I don't even know if it's aired yet. I think something. I, I mean, the I, episode I, guide only has four seasons. Well, in, in for Max, you mean? No, I mean the episode guide in general. Oh, in general. So I guess. The, yeah, I guess... and then even on the Wikipedia, it's like number of series four. Yeah, yeah it looks like. Uh, they're filming the final of, of, of five uh, or, or, yeah. or recently had had the most of it st- done. Well, in any case, if you good folk would like to watch the UK version of Ghost, you can watch it on Max or watch it on CBS this fall. It'll be very interesting to see how it does in terms of ratings on CBS. Like if it'll be one of those things where it does pick up or if like American audiences watch the first couple episodes and drop off because they're like, oh, it's not like the other ghosts. Yeah, it's funny. I have not really seen the American version, and I'm not trying to be that snobby jerk, but um, I basically have a vendetta against it. <laughs> um, you know, I. But the thing is, with that being said, I have seen clips and I've seen things on commercials, and yeah, I look at it and I go, ah, it's not, it's not, it's not as good. Period. Because that's the thing. It's like there's something about the performances from the UK version where even though certain of the ghosts can be, we'll say, um, a little mm, over the top, the way British actors usually do over the top is different the way Americans do over the top. And I don't think it translates the same way when American actors do it most of the time. And I just don't feel, specifically thinking about like the prehistoric character, um, you know, like I, I, the American version, I've seen some, some clips of them just like, it's not, it's not, it's not doing it for me. Honestly, I have not seen the original UK version, but we started watching the US version and I just wasn't, I wasn't biting. And I don't know why. I've, I've seen, I've seen all, I have not gotten to see much of series four yet. Uh, I've only got to see the first few episodes, but I, I was, I was caught up between uh, series one through three uh, as of, as of like the begin as of the middle of last year, I think. So it's, it's, it's much preferable to me. And it's, again, it's also got, I mean, the amount of people in that thing too is also great. Like the names, the, 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 the cast is, and look, I'm not trying to now all make things Taskmaster related too, but it's the one UK show that has the most people that have appeared on Taskmaster as well. Cause Lolly Otofope appeared on it. Katie Wicks appeared on it. Charlotte Ritchie appeared on it. And then Kyle appeared on it. So who's to know how many more ghost members we're going to get on Taskmaster in the future. And who's uh, to know how many Taskmaster members we'll get on Overdue Rentals because we are the unofficial Taskmaster podcast. Very unof- Look, they already have two official ones and I'm sure there's plenty of other uh, Taskmaster-only uh, geared ones I don't even know about. But they're not us. But then they're, but they're not us. They ain't us because they hate us. Wait, they hate us because they ain't us. I got mixed up. Sorry. Look, I don't care what people say. The interview was a, good, was a funny movie. I don't care. Do you know I have not seen the interview? What? I know, I know, especially because you knew knew what I was quoting, though. Yes. Oh, yes. 
that may be another one. Oh, that may be another one we need to bring up just because of the rich history behind it. I mean, look, I remember, I remember very vividly. I want to say the press screening was either the day or like two days before the leak. Cause, cause I remember going like, okay. Uh, so what's going to happen now with this movie? Am I writing the review? Uh, I, I love, uh, near I love near miss stories like that because I've got two. One was that whole spiel where all the journalists went to New York and, and saw the premiere and did the interviews for a little film called a quiet place part two, just before COVID closed everything down and delayed the film. Yeah, And then there was a movie that I had in my inbox. I had a screener for it and I was going to watch it because I was very curious about this movie in particular. And uh, one of its stars got into some trouble and it derailed the whole process. Uh, I was, is is was, this person's initials LCK? The movie was called I Love You Daddy and yes. the person <laughs> is Louis CK. Yeah. And I felt so dumb because I tried to rush to watch the screener before it got yanked and then it got yanked. And then shortly after it was like, oh, we sent out these discs to the press for awards consideration. We want them back. And people are like, no, we're selling these. I remember I remember getting the the invite for, for an actual in-person screening and going, oh, you know what? It's early on. I'll catch it at another one. And then the same thing, the links came in. I'm like, I have time. I'll wait. And then whoop, too late. I mean, I don't know if it even matters at this point, you know, because, uh, you know, I never really, even people who I know did see it didn't say it was the greatest movie ever made or anything like that. So I don't think it matters, but. Oh yeah, but it still makes me want to see it. Yeah, just like exactly. Batgirl. Just back. I want to see Batgirl. I want to see. Uh... I could live about. I can I could care less about Batgirl. Shut up. But you know I what want I do want to see. Oh, what do you want to see? I want to see String v. Spitter. Um, same. Very hard. Same. And I, I, I would love for them to do some sort of pro shot, maybe, and and release it to like national theater. It, oh, even though it's oh no, it's not a national theater production. But I wonder if they would still do it. Well, the question, the question is always going to be is they're doing the one off in Greece. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring it into, into the States. And the thing is, like, I'll I'll be 100 percent honest with you. Sure, it would be great to see it with, um, you know, anybody who's who's really good. But I want to see Kyle and Ed do it. Uh, oh, me personally, too. I want to see them be as, as, as my string and spitter. Um, Dude, it's like the producers. It's like if you have a chance to see Broderick and Lane, go see Broderick and Lane. <laughs> yes. Well, or well, yeah, exactly. I mean. I, that's a weird thing to me too, though, because to me, it's always the original movies, the producers. That's the way I think about it. But I know, I, I know, you you can't top Gene Wilder and Zero Moselle, and that's uh, okay. Pop well, quiz: Is Mel Brooks, uh, the producers, technically one of his overdue rentals? I know there is another movie I can I think of that yes. is. I would say yes. See, I agree, and that's the reason I ask. But I know that for well, sure we're talking about what the, the original Wilder Moselle version, though, right? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would look. I like the 2005 movie musical version. I think it's cute. I don't think it supplants seeing the actual show or the original film. No, but I still I like it enough that I would probably I would probably just lump it in with that episode and just do a mention, like do some mentions of that, but maybe not a full episode <laughs> on the 2005. That's that's like a that would be like another cool fright night fright night scenario. Right. Well, but I was gonna say I know for sure. When it comes to Mel Brooks, like an overdue rental would be like twelve chairs, or even to be or not to be. I mean, I mean, high anxiety would be one. Uh, oh yes, oh yes. 
I mean, honestly, I, this is going to sound weird, especially with the recent Hulu show, Hulu show, but I even think History of the World Part 1 would fit in. That's fair. That is absolutely fair because I always feel like that's that's been a family favorite of mine. Like that's something my father and my family and I have always enjoyed. But when it comes to Mel Brooks, it's usually Spaceballs. It's usually Robin Hood Men in Tights, Blazing Saddles, and Robin Young Hood Frankenstein and Young Frankenstein. I would yeah, I mean Young Frankenstein is. I would say that's like in the next tier down. Like uh, that'd be kind of oh, fun. Oh, I'm surprised. Uh, Mel Brooks tier list. No, not in quality. But just, no, no, no. I, 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 I know okay. you're in over the okay. rentals, but I would still, even still say that's surprising. Yeah, like I, I think that most people are like, let's like Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, uh, Robin Hood. Like those are the three big ones. I think Young really Frankenstein. I think you got to put Young Fra- Frankenstein in the top tier. I want again to, I, on overdue on, on, on overdue rental ranking. I think it, I think it fits. Okay, but that, that that's just in terms of like. A pre, that's just in terms of audience recognition. That's not us ranking in quality because yes, correct, you know, correct. obviously if we're ranking on quality, it, you would probably, I would flip Robin Hood and throw Young Frankenstein in there. That's a, the whole, you know what? That's a random. We love Mel Brooks movies. Mr. Into. Brooks, please come on our show. The more important thing though, is, is that while again, we have to hope that we'll have the chance to see String for a Spitta. While when you're hearing this, if you're hearing it on the day it's released, if there are tickets available, you'll have one last chance to see it while to the Soho Theater. But for those who are going to be in Edinburgh or, or want to attend anything for the Edinburgh Fringe, Fringe Fest, it will be playing the 18th through the 26th at Edinburgh. You so, lucky, lucky gits. There will be a link in all the descriptions to make sure you can point you to the right place to get tickets if you still need to get tickets. Uh, and you should do so uh, after you finish listening to this episode uh, because... Well, you can do it while you're doing it. You know, if you have your computer, you can listen and open up another browser or another tab in your browser and uh, and, and go to the link and get tickets too. So uh, exactly, if you've gotten to this point of the episode, you've heard Kyle, you've heard yeah. him do his bit. So it's not like you're you're slighting him; you're actually helping him. And you want to be there for whatever random thing happens at the next performance, so that you can go. Like I was at the performance where uh, Ed slipped and Kyle had to stitch him up on stage so they can keep going. Look, it's not always going to be the bubble machine, but it, there, there's always the potential for something. And potential is the name of the game for Inside Man too, right? And I'm not talking about potential for the movie. I'm talking about for potential for what could have happened, what, which way they were trying to aim things, you know, and uh, as far as the story goes, because for those who have, who have seen the whole thing and know it, you know, you can get the double entendre with the title. Uh, you, you can get, even though it's not really that double of an entendre because there is no... Uh, yeah. metaphorical inside man um, or you know traditional terminology use of inside man he's revealing the insides of another man a Dude. Nazi man yeah well, actually this is a, that's a triple I, you know, I'm thinking about this as a triple because I'm thinking about you know the idea of him being inside the bank in the walls and now I'm just thinking of Noah Fielding on Mighty Boosh as the crack fox thinking ah we're just bringing it back. We're bringing it back to the UK every time, guys. <laughs> I, look, uh, we're, we're Anglophiles. We, we love the UK. We love UK. Well, we love people in general, but we just seem to get a lot of British comedians on here. And that's that me. That's because that's, that's of us. my obsession. That's perfectly fine with me, too. I love British comedy as well, but I'll have to delve more into my obsessions to try and dig us up some more guests as well. Did you? So when did you see it? When did you see Inside Man? I rented it when it came out on home video. Like okay. those were the halcyon days of Blockbuster and Hollywood. And I remember renting it on disc and just 
getting blown away. It's funny. Like I remember, I remember, I don't remember like the experience of watching it for the first time or anything like that. But I remember watching it and just like, it's one of those things that even if I didn't think it was a great movie, cause I was, I mentioned it when we were talking to Kyle, but that's the one thing I kind of love about Spike Lee is, is that for, and it sounds weird saying it because, but for, like I just said, for a good chunk of his career, it was like, there was something about his movies, even though they're great or some of them were good, some of them weren't that good, whatever it may be, that it felt like he was just producing the same thing, just in a different way. And I'm not saying it's not a bad thing. It's just like something about it was like the Spike Lee joint was something very specific. And I think it was kind of around 25th hour and after where it felt like he started blooming out, still doing his thing, still keeping the feelings and, 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 and the, uh, that stamp of Spike Lee in there. But like, he was like doing different, he was trying different things. It's like, and even the ones that didn't work, it was like, that's ah, fine. You know, I, I like what he was. I like the why, why he tried to do it and how he tried to do it, whatever it may be. But the fact that he was doing it made me happy. And Inside Man, I think, was like one of the first markers. Of course, technically, I think Bamboozle came out before it, but I hated Bamboozle because it was just a, a network ripoff. Um, and that just got to me. I've actually never seen it. So I would I would be very curious if I got the same reaction as a fellow well, fan and appreciator of network. It's literally, it's it's literally, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's basically him remaking Network, but instead of doing, um, you know, one thing, it's about another thing. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I look forward to our Network episode. I know it'll happen at some point. Great, one of the greatest movies ever made. Sorry, it I don't care. Really, really, it really is, and it's one of those movies that I've. I used to, when I, when I had an office job, I had certain movie, there was a site that I used to visit where, oh, I think I told you about this. Where Oh, yeah, like, this has been, this is, this is, I guarantee you we have listeners that'll be like, yeah, you used to watch the trailers, listen to the trailers in the background. Or the, yeah, and the MP3, literally MP3 rips of the, just the dialogue of the film. And oh, that I didn't was, know about. I lied. Network was one of them that I had. There was Network, there was Casino, there was American Psycho. Those are ones that I would put on and just... It's like you're putting on a record of music and you uh, know the grooves, you know the certain patterns, the certain bits that are coming up. It's like, okay, this is where Mad as Hell happens. This is where Ned Beatty comes in. This is where that drops in, or just it it that is just the the definition of a comfort movie for me. It's like you're just pulling out a record, you're putting it on, and you're waiting for the greatest hits. You you don't understand. I have this memory now that I don't know if it's real or not. And I talked to my brother about it, and he seems to confirm that it's real. And I don't know anymore. Because I remember when we were kids, we had the vinyl record for the soundtrack to the Transformers animated movie. But it was not the soundtrack. It was the dialogue track. It was basically the the entire movie just in audio form. And I ha but I can't find this thing anywhere. So I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going crazy, if maybe we had a misprint, or it was just something that I made up that I've now believed to be true. Was it like a storybook record? No, I mean, like it had the cover of, of, of you know, with the Galvatron thing and everything. It, huh. it, 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 I don't remember. It's just, it's so strange, but I remember so vividly because you hear Orson Welles and shit, you know, it's like, I remember- Orson Welles doesn't pop up on many phonographs these days. <laughs> or dialogue tracks for anything dealing with the Transformers, but the Transformers, the movie. Um, children, this is Orson Welles, voice of Optimus Prime. No, that wasn't Optimus. No, he, he was a, he wasn't the. Was, no, who was he? Was he Unicron? I, I actually can't remember now. I think he. I think he was the voice of the planet. I think he. This is Optimus I'll, I'll Prime, the voice of Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony. 
I, I tell I tell you these Optimus robots. Optimus Prime. I meant to say Orson Welles. God damn it. Uh, he was. I, I think was he Galvatron though. I can't remember now. Hold on. Exceptioning myself in a forced errors. It's been so long because I don't. I don't remember the movie at all anymore. So I, now I'm trying to remember who he played in the uh, in the movie. I'm looking it up. Everybody, this is this is radio at its finest. I actually think I've never seen Transformers the movie. Um. Well, the, I, it's very funny. Oh, he was he was Unicron, right? He was Unicron, which is these, which is like basically uh, a planet. Yeah, the planet. planet. Um. Yeah. Who we had the thing, Ringo Coleman singing in the new movie. Well, as a, as a thing, as a kid, to me, I never thought about these things, obviously. And I saw somebody talking about it recently where the idea of like the Transformers, the movie was the toy company wanted new characters and new toys because it was, it was the whole thing was toys, but they yeah. made a show out of it. So the Transformers, the movie was basically killing all of the Transformers so they can bring new Transformers in. Uh, and it was just such a fucking weird experience that there were, nobody knew what to fucking make of it. Yeah, weren't those the days? Anyway, Clive Owen's inside of a wall. <laughs> and... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's that's like that's bumper material right there. That's like like a little stinger. That that's the type of thing you'd put in as like a stinger at the end, like just to repeat. It's like Clive Owen's inside a wall. Clive, Clive Owen's inside a wall. Look, I mean that that movie again is just like it's one of those things where like every time I watch it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember that being such a good movie. I'm like, and it's still a good movie, but it's just like, was this as good as I remember it being? And I don't know if it's maybe because I know all the behind the scenes stuff now or like this, the story beats, whatever it is, that it just doesn't feel the same anymore. Oh, I, I don't that. know about you. It's just, it's just me. You know? I, I haven't seen it enough to really get to that point, but I understand what I look. The more I watch Tenet, the more I question what my feelings are in the moment. Because it seems to be an evolving thing every time I watch that movie. I'm overdue to watch it again to question myself again. Are you but, saying Tenet's an overdue rental? I mean, not technically, but it could <laughs> also technically be considered one because of its place in pandemic box office and what have you. But, and then we all, I mean, that would be really interesting because then that would give us an excuse to not only do an episode on Tenet, but it'd be an excuse for us to release that initial pilot episode we never aired where we talked about Tenet. Well, I'm, I'll probably cut this out of the episode, Mike, and I don't mean to I don't mean to scare you. Um, and this is literal. I don't mean to scare you because I'm still trying to work it out and see if maybe I can salvage things. But my external hard drive with all of our files on it is not accessible at the moment. Oh, dear. Because that when I was making that that test clip for Cheech, I'm like, all right, great. And I'll go start making them. And now I can't get into the drive. The thing is, I have to try it on another computer to see if maybe I can get it to work. And then what I'll do is then I'll dump them all off and I'll put them on Google Drive or something like that. Yeah. Uh, my drive, I, I, I like emptied out my drive for it to be ready. It's like, I got to get rid of all these files just laying here. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I can then I have to look into having somebody pay to, to get into it. But then the problem is it's expensive. So I'm trying not to, I'm trying to avoid that anyway. Yeah. So some of those files are in dire places, which is also why I got freaked out because I'm like, oh no the adults we haven't recorded the intro outro and all this stuff for them i still had them in my drive and i still had the files on my computer good so no worries there <laughs> back to the recording uh yes. yeah i mean look inside man was where did you watch it where did you, you was on peacocks on peacock right now 
It's on stars actually. Stars, uh, okay. It, it, because as we were recording, you know, we were coming up on the beginning of August. And as anybody, any streaming fanatic knows, at the beginning of the month is where libraries start to turn over. And, you know, before August, it was still on Peacock, but now it is available through Stars. Oh, so literally, I said the, the scenario we were talking about happened, except it happened to be someplace you could, because for everybody, for everybody who is not, not aware of what the hell I'm talking about, is like I offered, hey, Mike, if you don't have a way to stream or have a copy of Inside Man, let me know. I'll give you, I'll get you a copy. And we looked it up and it's like, oh, it's on Peacock. And Mike said, literally, it's streaming on Peacock, but if anything happens and I need a copy, I'll let you know. So technically it happened, but it just happened to be that it went to a streaming service he still was able to access. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Well, look, it's because I, 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 I consistently update our streaming. Like I'm one of the people that does the streaming schedules over at Cinema Blend. Like I, I update the Hulu and the Netflix one. And then we also have a best action features, a best action movies feature where it's like, here's where you can stream them. Yeah. And on a regular basis, I'll go through and it's like, okay, is Seven Samurai still streaming here? Is Skyfall still over here? Has Netflix tried to remove extraction from its library as some sort of push for tax write-offs? And it's just making sure that these things are still available where they're supposed to be. So now that means that's your sign, everybody, to go check out Inside Man. Why you can still stream it where you can stream it. And if not, find another way and then come back and let us know what you thought. And Although of course, really to come back and let us know what you thought, you have to know where to find us, right? I mean, obviously you probably found us already, but you may need some extra information. So Mike, if people need that information, what is it? <laughs> well, when we're not busy trying to lure businessmen with shady secrets into outing themselves as horrible people, mm -hmm. uh, we can be found on TikTok and Instagram at Overdue Rental Show, on Twitter at Rentals Overdue, on Facebook at Overdue Rentals. Uh, I believe we're on Threads also. As yeah, same Overdue as Instagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you want to email us uh, love letters, uh, lists of demands, or if you just want to suggest another movie for the show and we love suggestions we love talking with people that's why our email is overdue rentals at gmail.com because it's easy enough to remember if you remember overdue rentals and you remember gmail what you should also remember to do is find us wherever you ethically source your podcasts apple podcasts spot spotify audible uh wherever you stream podcasts of great quality chances are we're there and if not you should tell them to put us on there or tell but, us that we're not there and we'll make sure it's taken care of. Exactly. And in order to give us that sort of feedback, you should rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you can find us on. Also, don't forget to email us if you if you really want to. We really want you to. So that way the rental counter can stay open and we know what you want, what you want to hear, what you think of everything. There's even that new Q&A feature that's on Spotify where you can go buy episode and leave us notes. We would love to read those notes. We'd love to read those notes on the air if you even let us. So let's let's work together here. The, per the perks of being a member at Overdue Rentals is to get these movies back out into the open, to get people to watch Inside Man, while also getting tickets for String v. Spitta. And, you know, that's, that's basically it there, man. Overdue Rentals is here to help, but we can't help if you don't help. And with all that wonderful spiel, we're just going to go ahead and give you the firm and hearty. So anyway, they were playing a recording of the Albanian president to freak, to freak out the cops, you know, because they knew they had a listening device. And, oh, sorry. Blow by. Blow by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect.